Hello and welcome to Dell Tech Markets Monday for the 28th of March 2016. Good morning those in the Americas, good afternoon those in Europe and good evening those in Asia. Today we'll be covering our usual agenda, firstly looking at investment markets over the past week. Uh, volatility uh, increased slightly over the week due to some policymaker comments uh, and there was a raft of economic data out, especially so from the US uh, and data largely across uh, the world was mixed. In terms of uh, looking at next week, uh, there's a lot of uh, data coming out next week, or rather this week, uh, especially so in the US uh, and especially so in Japan. Uh, thirdly, we'll cover off on our investment ideas for this week, which is a Deltec outlook piece looking at Brazil. Uh, obviously, some significant political movements that we've seen over the course of this year to date, but also it's important to look back at what the underlying economic situation is looking like. And finally, we'll touch on our investment positioning from a core, tactical and opportunistic perspective. So firstly, looking at investment markets over the past week, investment markets were mixed over the week with comments by Federal Reserve members alluding to the potential for rate hikes sooner than initially expected. That comes off the prior few weeks of quite dovish comments, which meant that we saw quite a sharp reversal of the US dollar index rising 1.41% over the week. In equity markets, developed markets underperformed emerging markets uh, as that continuation of, uh, of uh, easier monetary policy from the US uh, is being priced into emerging markets and carry trade sensitive assets generally. That spilled over into credit markets where we did see high yield credit uh, marginally outperforming investment grade credit, both of which outperforming developed market sovereign bonds. And in commodity markets, we saw oil prices down 1.5% and that really led the broader commodity complex lower the only exception being soft commodity prices, which rose slightly, but other than that, commodity prices quite weak. And as mentioned, in currency markets, we did see the US dollar index stronger. It was strongest against the sterling, which fell by 2.29% against the US dollar, and as well as that, the Canadian dollar was weaker by 2% over the prior week. If we look at the economic data that was out over the past week, it was generally below consensus expectations in the US. But worth noting that new home sales data was above expectations and there were upward revisions to the prior month's data. As well as that, we continued to see uh, PMI data, that is the leading indicator for industrial production data, starting to improve across the regional uh, PMI series. As well as that, we did see the market manufacturing PMI, which is a private, private sector PMI that leads the ISM index, rising from the prior month, although slightly below expectations. In Europe, data was above expectations as well, although the PMI data was in line with expectations. Uh, we did see that on the manufacturing side, we did see the services PMI rise above expectations and the prior month. So the services part of the European economy holding up and being quite resilient uh, against a manufacturing environment, which is remaining resilient, although not strengthening much, and confidence data, which, is, which continues to remain weak. Looking at Chinese data, we did see property prices uh, improve. The number of cities where new home prices rose increased. Uh, against that, though, the number of cities where existing home prices rose decreased. So pro uh, property price data out of China generally improving, but not uh, across the board and, and, and not a home run there. Next, turning our attention to the coming week, it's a huge week in terms of economic data. In the US, we've got personal income and personal spending data. That'll be important for our call for US consumption. Of course, the US consumer discretionary sector is an approximate 15% allocation across our tactical portfolios. As well as that, we have further housing data with the Case-Shiller house price data out. Consensus is looking for a 0.73% increase 
uh, that, that, that should add credence to our strong call on US housing. Of course, we upgraded our outlook of US housing in our research note last week. Um, we, are start, we are seeing housing stocks continuing to outperform. As well as that, we've got the all-important US ISM manufacturing data point uh, out for the month of March. Consensus is expecting a rise to 50.4, which would be an expansionary territory. And finally, to cap off the week, we have non-farm payrolls. The market's expecting a 200,000 payroll increase. We are expecting the payroll data to soften slightly, only as a result of some of those prior month's weakness in the uh, ISM employment surveys, uh, which point towards a moderation in employment growth. But we remain of the view that the employment improvement landscape uh, continues for the US, and we are still mid-cycle uh, with that US employment recovery. If we turn our attention to data across the rest of the world, in Europe we've got confidence data out, and in Japan we've got the all-important Tankin survey. It's a quarterly survey that gives us a great gauge as to the outlook for the Japanese economy. And finally, in China we have the uh, manufacturing PMI data, which will be important for our calls regarding emerging markets and our calls regarding commodities. Of course, we tempered our negative outlook with regards to commodities just over a month ago uh, on this call. We mentioned it, uh, and we will be looking for that Chinese PMI data as an all-important data point as to whether it is time to reinstate that more negative view of commodities. So that's where we are for the coming week's data. As mentioned, a very important week, especially so for the ISM data and the payroll data for the US. Next, turning our attention to our investment research and our investment ideas for this week, it's a Deltec Outlook piece uh, looking at Brazil. And uh, people should have received uh, the presentation pack, which we will be referring to a couple of slides from that. If you haven't, please feel free to contact either myself or your Deltec representative. So looking at Brazil, market machinations that we've seen over the past month have been really based on potential political outcomes rather than a look back at what the actual issues are with regards to the economic outlook. And there's a triplicate of issues facing Brazil. Firstly, they've got an economic model which is reliant on capital inflows. Secondly, there's a reliance on elevated commodity prices to fund economic growth. And thirdly, the significant US dollar debt burden is uh, reliant on both of these, that is, stronger capital inflows and stronger commodity prices, just to be serviced. Service. Uh, political uncertainty adds a dangerous dynamic to this already difficult situation. So if we look at Brazil, it remains heavily reliant on capital inflows to fund growth, not dissimilar to many other emerging markets. But as US dollar liquidity growth slows over the coming year, capital inflows will slow, which will curb economic growth via lower credit supply and via weaker growth from emerging market trading partners, including and especially China, Brazil's largest trading partner. Secondly, if we look at the commodity side, as a commodity economy, Brazil relies heavily on elevated commodity prices to fund national incomes, corporate profits, and even future capital investment. Whilst commodity prices have bounced ever so slightly in recent periods, the secular decline in commodity prices, cyclically exacerbated by slowing US dollar liquidity growth, is likely to continue to weigh on economic growth in the period ahead. Thirdly, when we look at the debt side of the economy, this is where our real concerns are. There's been a huge expansion in US dollar cross-border credit post-financial crisis, and a large amount of that US dollar cross-border credit has gone towards Brazil. Importantly, it's gone towards the corporate sector, especially so commodity producers, who will be under pressure from these lower commodity prices. Servicing this debt remains our primary concern when we look at the outlook for Brazil. A deleveraging episode is highly likely over the coming years, if not over the coming year. 
And fourthly and finally, when we look at inflation in Brazil, we can see that inflation is well above the central bank target range. That's exacerbated by a declining currency and structurally flawed, uh, structurally flawed price setting mechanisms. So we've got four issues there to contend with for, for Brazil. Let's look at a couple of charts. Looking at slide five, we can see that not only is Brazilian, the Brazilian PMI the lowest across all of our focus regions across emergency, uh, emerging markets, but also we can see that not only is economic uh, growth on the PMI indicator consistent with a contraction, but also the PMI data is actually weakening. That is, growth momentum in Brazil is getting worse as well. Looking at slide six, we look at the inflation issues that Brazil faces. Inflation is currently well above the target band, running at approximately 11%. That's well above that, the target band of approximately 5%. And we can see on the bottom panel of slide six that it is deviating from its target more so than any other emerging market economy. If we look at the trade side of the economy, export growth by volume is picking up, but by value, it's declining. Likewise, import growth by volume is declining, but by value is declining further. In fact, the only reason that the trade numbers are looking better in recent periods is because we've seen imports decline very rapidly because of a weakening domestic demand environment. If we look at the export outlook for Brazil, it doesn't look that good. The largest trading partner is China, and of course the largest group of exports from Brazil comes from primary products. Slide 11 shows the breakdown of where the top export categories are for Brazil. And as we look across slides 12 through to 13, we can see that all of the commodities which Brazil is exposed to have declined in recent periods, only bouncing very slightly over the past month. Turning our attention to some of the charts on debt, this is where our real concern is, which we reiterate. On slide 14, we can see that there's a huge amount of foreign debt, that is US dollar debt, that's maturing in Brazil over the next five years. Whilst a large swathe of that is government, and that's where typically the problems lie, in this case, it's really driven by corporate debt, where we can see the debt, uh, refinance, the debt maturity profile between now and 2022 looks especially worrying. If we look at some of the specific corporates on slide 15, we can see that Petrobras has grown its outstanding debt in Brazilian real terms by more than 10 times since 2008. Vale, another national champion, has tripled its debt since 2008. So we can see that this indebtedness of Brazil is really where the key area of risk is, but really just compounds the other problems that we're seeing across markets. Now, if we look at equity markets and currency markets, they have bounced slightly. On slide 17, you can see that there's been a bounce over the past few months. And over the past month in particular, Brazil, Brazil's equity market has risen by 30%. But this rise has really been against the backdrop of a political scenario that is still changing. And none of the issues we've mentioned today relate to politics. That is because the issues within Brazil are far deeper seated than this. We can see that there are problems within Brazil's political system, but there's deeper problems within the economic outlook. If we look at where our preferences stand within Brazil, it's actually quite clear. We remain negative on basically everything, but especially so financials, consumer discretionary, materials, corporate credit, and of course the Brazilian currency. The only positive that we can see, and that's if we certainly have to find a positive, is in US dollar denominated sovereign debt. And the only idea behind that is that we're playing the moral hazard game. Brazil is a very large economy, and the chances are that if push came to shove and really after the end of a fairly major deleveraging scenario, which we can see occurring over the next two years, 
we would expect that we would see some kind of IMF bailout that would primarily come at the US dollar sovereign debt level rather than at any other corporate level or rather than any other local currency debt level. So that's the only positive we can see across financial markets. So finally, turning our attention to our investment positioning, our investment positioning remains unchanged. For core, tactical and opportunistic portfolios, we retain our preference for equities over cash and liquids and fixed income. Within core portfolios, we retain our preference for developed markets over emerging markets. And within developed markets, we prefer the US, Europe and Japan, whilst commodity economies are to be avoided. Within tactical portfolios and for equity markets, we again have a preference for selected developed markets over emerging markets. And within that, we have a preference for the US, most specifically the consumption, housing and technology sectors. And we also have a preference for Europe. Broad Europe uh, exposure is preferred at this time on a US dollar currency hedge basis. Within fixed income, we continue to have a preference on the tactical side for floating rate securities and longer duration government and investment grade exposures over high yield credit. And from a tactical perspective, we also have a preference for the US dollar over sterling, euro, yen, Australian dollar, Canadian dollar and emerging market FX in that order. For more detail on our tactical investment positioning and our overall investment positioning, including our core portfolios, please refer to our Deltec Markets Monday note. And if you haven't received that, please feel free to contact myself or your Deltec representative. I'll leave it there and open it up to any questions. Any questions from the phone line? Okay, if there's no questions, uh, I'll leave it there. Again, if you do have any queries that come up, please feel free to contact either your Deltec representative or myself. Otherwise, have a fantastic week and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you. Goodbye.